0: it's the Agship podcast i'm patrick mayhorn creator of the Agship, a credentialed newsletter covering utah state football men's and women's basketball you can subscribe at www.theagship.com at either the six or ten dollar level the ten dollar level is for film review preview stuff like that six dollar level gets you all other stories uh, that would include for football coverage the cover story the stat book things of that nature the preview the film well the film previews for the ten dollars tier, but all of that good stuff which a lot of it you can read now at the Eggship uh for utah state's first game which I'm going to talk about here joined of course by co-host parker ballantyne parker what's up man how's it going
1: hello patrick what's up um i am back i'm stoked i'm stoked to be back um lots more to talk about this week with a game under our belt so I'm really excited. Uh, I'm really excited. It was a great week of college football. College football's back. I'm loving it.
0: It was. We got a full slate. Uh, We've got a Utah State game to talk about. But before we do that, we are going to roll through the Mountain West real quick. This is something we're going to do on these recap shows (laughs) just to get a look at the other things that are going on in the league. Um, Once we get closer to actual conference play and there are conference games being played, it will be good to keep track of standings and things of that nature as they relate to Utah State. Uh, but for right now, just pretty eventful week in the league. In some places, pretty good. In some places, not so good. Uh, and I'm just going to roll through some of these scores. And uh, after I'm done with that, I think we can pick out a couple that really stand out to us. So the week starts off for the Mountain West with Stanford 37, Hawaii 24. Um, also on Saturday, alongside the Utah State-Iowa game, we have Fresno State 39, Purdue 35. Air Force crushes Robert Morris 42-7. Washington crushes Boise State 56 to 19. UNLV beats Bryant 44 to 14. USC beats Nevada 66 to 14. Washington State 50, Colorado State 24. Texas A&M takes similar care of uh, New Mexico 52 to 10. Wyoming beats Texas Tech at home, double overtime 35-33. San Diego State survives against Idaho State who Utah State will see next week 36 to 28. And on Sunday, Oregon State goes to San Jose State and wins 42 to 17. Parker, where do you want to start here? Where do you want to go first? I think there's obviously one that stands out above the others, but where do you want to where do you want to start with this?
1: Yeah, I mean, let's just start there. There's one that stands out to me. There's a couple others that are that are big and that our listeners are going to probably also be wanting to hear about and that we're all thinking about but let's start where we're all where we're all thinking wyoming taking care of the red raiders at home that was just a classic college football that was awesome that was such a fun way to start start this season huge for the mountain west huge for the cowboys huge for former aggie uh um uh, peasley yeah my bad yeah um yeah just awesome awesome game um let's talk about
0: that one yeah it it was uh i i don't know if this is uh i i honestly i don't know if this is shared among utah state fans because it is a rivalry obviously utah state and wyoming i just like that program i just like the program i think it's i think it's neat i think it's neat what they do it's it's uh i i think from from what i have from what i have seen and you would know better than me it is more of a a rivalry of respect than some of the other ones like boise state comes to mind for utah state the the wyoming one i just like I, don't know, I just like that program i think they're cool i like what they do i like craig bowl i like the identity that they have and i love to see them do this i love to see that crowd um big game and they and they pull it out man and and you know andrew Peasley obviously has his connections to utah state um I don't think he's a particularly good quarterback, but he finds a way to win the game and and he's just so tough and makes some big plays. Just, it's just cool to see. This is just, it's good for the Mountain West. It's great for Wyoming. I was very happy to see this for them.
1: Yeah, that was a big one. Um, Yeah. You mentioned Greg Bull. He runs an awesome program. He's just a fun coach. Um, Andrew Peasley, of course, the former Aggie, like you said, I don't, I don't know how good he is and that's actually been something that like, even going back to his days when he was wearing blue, I could never get a really, really strong read on him. But you know what? He gets it done against the Red Raiders, so uh, big-time stuff for them. And, and honestly, like, the, the Internet's a wild place, so let's uh, – there's, there's it's always funny when you see a, a big team like that go to a small school and, and get beat uh, to see everybody complain about uh, why we're – you know, why was Texas Tech in Laramie in the first place? I'm not there for that. Yeah. Shout out to Texas Tech. I love that they were in Laramie. Um, I'm not the one making the schedule, but if it was up to me, they'd be welcome in Logan anytime. Uh, these are the games that make college football fun. Yeah. And it's, it's a little bit more fun when you're on the winning side of that. So, um, you know, great for the Pokes. Awesome. Awesome for the conference, but. Yeah. So it's awesome for the game as well, I think.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, it, the other side of that is like Washington State going to Colorado State and taking care of business. It, it's not as a, or Oregon State doing the same at San Jose State. I, I hope that this is not, right. this does not just scare off a bunch of, of P5 teams. And there are some that will never do this, including two in, in Utah's backyard, Utah State's backyard right. right now. Right. Um, but there, there are some that just won't do this. But it's it's good for you. It's good for a it's good for a program. You're eating your vegetables. You're testing your team in a difficult spot, and sometimes it's going to get you. But sometimes, if you win a tight game, you go to Wyoming. You win a good you win a good one that can make a team a lot better. I hope that this doesn't scare teams off. It's it's good for the sport. Um, there's uh it, it's always good to see a game in Laramie just in general. I love that that environment in that stadium, um, and uh, yeah, I think Utah State would love to be able to be able to do more something like this, and and uh, hopefully it can. At some point, it would be cool to see some games like this. It's it's hard to get teams to Logan, but it shouldn't be that much harder than it is to get them to Laramie. I don't know what Wyoming is doing specifically to pull that off, but uh it's it's cool. It's always cool to see this stuff. Um next up here, I think probably would have to be the Fresno State one, right? Another upset win over a P5 team, 39-35 at Purdue. Um big time performance here from Fresno State with a, a rebuilt offense, really. Mikey Keene at quarterback. Uh, Eric Brooks leading the way for the receivers, Jalen Gill made a bunch of plays for them transferring in. I was really impressed with them here. I don't I don't think Purdue is going to be great this season, but I thought that they looked really, really strong in, in the, the first week with a, a brand new offense, really not having Jake Hain or not having some of those stars from last season. I thought these guys handled themselves extremely well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is the game that I was, uh, this was fresh as my number two that I wanted to talk about. Um, after this game, we might Uh, you know, differ, uh, differ slightly on, on what we Mm -hmm. have our eyes on, but I think the two biggest games in the conference were pretty, uh, pretty unarguably number one. And then right here, number two, Fresno state Purdue. This one is a lot less surprising. Like you mentioned, I don't know how good the Boilermakers are going to be. And I'm really high up on Fresno state. I'm They're going to be a force, honestly, like it's all fun and games right now, but when it comes to conference play, um, the the Bulldogs are going to be tough. We will talk about them because I mean, they, they come to Logan this year. That's going to be a tough game. We will talk uh, a lot about coming up, but um, when that time comes. But as of right now, like I'm just stoked for the Bulldogs. Huge win again. Just going back, it's good for the conference. It's good for the game to have games like this. Um, stoked for stoked for the Bulldogs and what they're just building over there. They've always been kind of a pretty good football team, and this year they're uh, it's it's early, but they look legit. Yep.
0: Yep. For sure. Where do you want to go next then here? I I have, I have my eyes on a game, but what is the, uh, what's the, what's the third one for you? Okay. So
1: the third one that I have, I'm a little bit torn between two, but I, I think the, a pretty significant one significant, unfortunately for the exact opposite reason would be San Diego state, Idaho state. Mm -hmm. Um, that one, Idaho state goes down to San Diego they score 28, they only give up 36. I mean, yeah, the Aztecs are winning games. Um I was trying hard not to overreact. Last week when they didn't look very crisp against Ohio, but they, you know, two back-to-back weeks for San Diego State. You know what? They're 2-0. I'm not going to try to take that away from them, but they haven't looked great. So that's what that was kind of the third game on on my list that I was looking at. Um what are your thoughts on that game?
0: Yeah, I, you know, San Diego State has never been the, the super high-flying offense, and it does enough here to score and and win, but Jalen Maiden throws for 87 yards, and he ran really well. He ran eight times for 132 yards, and they ran the ball generally fairly well, but they gave up 28 to an Idaho State team that has a different coach, has some different players, brought in some transfers, but that went 1-10 last season. Um It's just not. It's not pretty. It's not a pretty start to the season. It hasn't been. They struggled with. uh, They struggled against Ohio without its starting quarterback, without really the core of its offense. Um, It's. I'm. I'm worried. I'm worried at this point about San Diego State. You have them losing fumbles. You have them throwing interceptions. Uh, they just don't look super sharp, and and there's still you know there's still time for them to uh, to to get things sorted. They get well, there's not that much time. They get UCLA at home this well no there's no yeah. time there's no time at all. Never mind. They need to be ready to go right now because it's UCLA at home at Oregon State, Boise State at home at Air Force are the next uh, the next four for them. So uh, they need to get this out of their system or else they're gonna lose the next four games that they play, which would not be not be good for them heading into the bye week. Yeah. This was, this is, this is concerning. I think it's, it's firmly in the category of concerning at this point for San Diego state.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it really just comes down to the offense. The defense has looked pretty good. I mean, should Idaho state come into your home field and score 28? Honestly, I don't know. We haven't seen enough of Idaho state. They might be a very improved team. So, um, you know, that we don't know, but the offense has not looked very crisp. Um, and you know what? The, you know, part of me says, "Hey, there's no such thing as an ugly win." The other part of me looks up and sees that they play UCLA next week. So, yeah, you know, if you don't if you don't believe in ugly wins, you're going to believe in ugly losses pretty quick. If you can't uh, iron some of those things out. Yeah. Um, that being said, I don't think San Diego State is going to be a pushover. I think there's a good chance they do get some of these things figured out, and regardless they're going to be a team that's pretty tough to score on and they they run the ball pretty well so yeah um, i wouldn't get too excited about the aztecs having a down year just yet um they they are going to be tough they have weapons but they do have a lot of things to figure
0: out yeah I, i think it is it's a situation to monitor especially with the schedule that they have over the next you know however many games um i would say the same thing about uh the next game here washington 56 boise state 19 Boise State's next four games, Uh, UCF at home, North Dakota at home, should be able to win that one, at San Diego State, at Memphis. I didn't see anything in this game that makes me think that they could win any of those three FBS games. They looked really bad. They looked really bad on both sides of the ball at pretty fundamental parts of football. They couldn't pass efficiently. They barely ran the ball at all. And their defense was a disaster. This is not good for Boise State. They expected to be competitive here, and they really weren't at all competitive. It was a
1: blowout. Yeah, absolutely. It's easy to look at this uh, this game against Washington, a top ten team in the country. Washington is going to be good this year. It's easy to look at that and say, "I don't care what the score is." But Boise State is not a team that should lose to anybody. Fifty six to yeah. nineteen—that's pretty ugly. Yeah. Um, Boise State, with the history that they have and the pride that they have in their program, um, they they should not look this bad on a football field ever. Yeah. Now. If this is just a down week, they picked a great time to do it. They can bounce back and get some quality wins, uh, you know, against UCF and then clean it up by conference. And that's what Boise State does sometimes. It, I think it was last year where they started, what, like one and four or something, got a pretty bad start, and then just ran the table in the conference play. So yeah. Um, on the one hand, yeah, it might be concerning for the Broncos, but they're also a team that tends to figure it out when they need to. I'd say another situation to monitor as we go, yeah. but yeah. Tough to you know, tough to come to any conclusions right here for Boise State. And the other thing is, they've only played one game. Where San Diego State does have two because they played in Week Zero, so yep. a little bit more there. But Boise State zero and one. Not sure how much it tells me, but it did look bad.
0: Yeah, you, you if they, uh, I, I think if the UCF game breaks anywhere near like this, which is a possibility, that offense is is really good for UCF and Boise State is really kind of starting over on defense they lost a lot of big-time contributors um you have to you have to assume that andy avalos will just be calling dirk cutter again dirk can you, <laughs> you come back in again we need you again <laughs> calling up chris peterson you're doing anything right now we need to yeah. <laughs> need you to come in and run the program for me real quick yeah, yeah i uh i'd like to see him do it as a head coach here at some point i'm, I'm hoping that he has to just sort of do it himself so i can see If he has the juice, I'm not, I'm not convinced at this point. Um, Anything else here in the conference that you want to talk about before we get to uh, Utah State's result?
1: So that's definitely the top tier of what I wanted to to talk about. Let's, let's do a couple more just quickly that are a lot less important. Um, Here's just one note. Air Force beating Robert Morris, not surprising. Air Force scoring 42 points. Yeah. That's surprising. Again, it's one week, it's one game. Yeah, I'd say another situation to monitor um, going forward. If Air Force, if their offense is going to continue to look like this, I mean, they were purring, they were looking really, really good. Yeah. Um, if you start to add some of those explosive plays at Air Force, you know, into their offense, they could be. Uh, I mean, that's just a team that that's no fun to play against. So that's the situation to monitor. I'd say hard to hard to read too much into it. Um, do you have any notes on that? I have one more thing. Um, but do you have any more notes on that?
0: Uh not not more not much more than what you were saying. Just that they they didn't run all that many plays. I don't have the exact count, but they gained four hundred and sixty-nine yards. Um, they threw the ball three times, leading rusher had fourteen carries, and then behind him it's four, five, six, five, two, three, two, one. Like, that's not a ton of carries. They ran the ball, you know, a lot, like they usually do, but uh they're having big plays like that you know they had a 65 yard gain 26 29 27 that's you know the two completions went for 95 yards if they're doing that that's hard it's hard to deal with it's very hard to deal with especially if the clock is running after every first down um that's a that's a scary that's a scary scary proposition if air force is able to move the ball like that because i think their defense is going to be really good again this year
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Air Force is one of those teams. Their offense is hard enough to stop anyway, and their defense is good enough anyway that if this is what they're going to do this year, um, they're going to be a top team in the Mountain West, and it's starting to look like they might be. Again, it's only been, uh, you know, one week. Um, The other final note that I had is I'll lump these two games in together because I'm less concerned with the actual game on the field and just more of a note uh, with all the conference realignment and stuff going on. Um, Washington State and Oregon State both come and play – you know they both played Mountain West opponents, and we did not do our job in uh, showing that we are yeah. anywhere remotely on the same playing field as them. Washington State goes to Colorado State and scores fifty points. They win fifty to twenty-four. The other game was San Jose State and San, um, Oregon State, and it was a similar. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was a similar. <laughs> let me grab that score right here: forty-two to seventeen. Um, Mountain West really should have won one of those games, two of those games. But not that it changes the conversation too much at this point. They still don't have a conference in two years, but uh, it would have been a great week to uh, to to get one of those wins, I think.
0: Yeah, and it was even the the scores of the games were not necessarily reflective of how big a margin there was. Washington State had built a pretty significant lead heading into the fourth quarter. Colorado State didn't really actually start scoring until they didn't have uh, Clay Millen anymore. He went out with an injury, and they went to uh, – Braden Fowler Nicolosi who was actually pretty good for them honestly might be worth considering just doing that moving forward he was quite a bit better um but they they scored uh they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter and three in the first three quarters which is not what you want against Washington State um yeah. and then yeah the Oregon State San Jose State game I mean Oregon State just blew them out of the water it, it was really not the same deal where San Jose State gets a couple late touchdowns they scored with 4 seconds left to make this 17 um, credit to Oregon state, which I think is probably going to be really good this year, but still San Jose state, not didn't look especially competitive here. Honestly, I think San Jose state looked a lot better in week zero against USC than it did in week one against Oregon state.
1: Yeah. I was, uh, I was going to say that same thing. San Jose state kind of took a step back between weeks. Um, that happens. That's fine. But yeah, we, um, yeah, picked the wrong week to go and two against those teams um, I mean, let's be, let's be clear. We, we didn't necessarily send our best against those two teams. That's not how we planned <laughs> yeah. all this, but yeah. Um, but it, it is tough. Um, but yeah, just, just kind of a note there. We did have a chance to to make a statement. I don't think we did yep. as a conference.
0: Yep. All right. Let's talk about Utah state. Let's talk about the Aggies, Iowa 24, Utah state 14. Um, where do you want to start here where, where, do you, where do you want to go first with this because i think that there's a lot of places that this can go overarching there's a lot of places that this can go within the flow of the game what is the first thing that comes to mind for you here
1: so let me start with an apology i need to correct something that i said on the air last week and i actually had this come in as a text mm-hmm. um, from one of my friends listening to the show uh last week i made kind of an offhanded comment on the you know it's kind of a saying hey in a couple of years the only question we're going to have is where where do we build the Ike Larson statue? Is it at Utah State or Skyview? Yeah. And I get a text coming in and he said, Hey, well, why would it be Skyview? He only went to Skyview for for one year. He was at Logan the other three years. Mm. So my apologies. Here's the solution we came up with. We build a statue at all three. Yeah. Can we there all agree go. on that? Let's let's just put three go. Ike Larson statues in the valley. Um <laughs> so just, just for information's sake, he was a he was a Grizzly before. He did graduate from Skyview and now he's at Utah State, but yeah. I don't see a problem with three Ike Larson statues, and yeah. if he keeps playing this way, he—that uh, might be the direction we're going.
0: Yeah, he—he he is single-handedly bringing the statue industry back to Logan. He—he he is he is <laughs> leading that economic reform of bringing yes. statue makers into Logan. Yeah, he's—he's—he's yes, he's he's a... <laughs> he's, he's
1: revitalizing the <laughs> the bronze and. <laughs> yeah, 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 he's
0: the reopening bronze factories in Logan because <laughs> yes. of Ike Larson. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um he was yeah, he was awesome here. I, I think he is one of the one of the biggest bright spots of, of this game for for an Aggie defense that honestly I thought played really well outside of the first 7 minutes, right? It gives up 14 points in yeah, the first 7 or so minutes of the game, 36-yard touchdown pass and a 3-yard touchdown pass, had too many penalties, gave up some big plays, looked just sort of disjointed and then down the stretch gives up 10 over the next 53 minutes. Really, pretty dominant. Honestly, gets a fourth down stop, holds Iowa under 100 yards rushing, 88 on the game on 36 carries. Um, I was super impressed with the defense. I was impressed with MJ Tafisi, 12 tackles, three for a loss, and then Ike, who he has four tackles, but he also blocks a punt and has two just ridiculous pass breakups. Nearly came down with interceptions on both of them, but ridiculously athletic plays the the way that he defended those. And and I was. Uh, He's, he's awesome. I mean, he, he is who he is. He is who we thought he was. He looked really, really, really good. I think he was probably, if not the best player on the field, I think to was probably right up there as well. He was, he was very, very close against a power five team with a lot of talent.
1: Right. Um, yeah. And I think just, just like you said, just kind of a broader overview of this game. Um, we, we looked really good. I'm really not disappointed in any one part of this team. Um, and you mentioned kind of outside of those two, those two first touchdowns, we really outscored them, honestly. Um, we out, outplayed them, I should say. Um, and even if you if you look at that first play, uh, that first touchdown pass, Michael onyanwu just falls down on coverage. That's Those things happen when you play yeah. football, but it's not like they broke our coverage. It's not like they beat us. It's just one of those things like he just fell. He just kind of tripped up. Um, and if you take away that play, uh, that kind of changes the whole game. The what-if game is a really hard and silly game game to play after a game but really when you look at this iowa offense they scored 24 points and seven of it was just off of you know michael on Yanu falling down on coverage good teams capitalize on that so props to the iowa hawkeyes for for being able to capitalize on that and put six on the board but outside of that i i don't think they i never felt outmatched really especially going into the quarters two three and four
0: yeah and and i i wrote as much in the cover story which is free for all to to read even non-subscribers so if you want to you can go read that um Iowa scored 10 points on drives that started on the other side of the 50 not on its own side on utah state's side they had four drives like that scored 10 points on it that's the difference that's the difference in the game is a, is a big kickoff return on the first drive is you know an interception that turns into a field goal um That's it. And the what-if game, like you said, for football, it just doesn't fully work. I think Iowa's defense might have been probably a little bit harder to run on the way that Utah State did in the fourth quarter had this been a closer game. And I think that probably more would have needed to go right for Utah State than just getting rid of a couple bad field position moments. The field position all day was not very good for Utah State compared to Iowa. I think it was a 10-yard difference on average. Um, But despite that the defense still I think especially the defense really really impressed me here physicality I thought was fantastic from the defense they were up for the task against the run they handled a a big 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 Iowa rushing attack a big offensive line with no real issues as far as I saw I thought Utah State's rushing attack was better than than Iowa's and the yards say as much um both on a per play and just overall basis. I was, I was super, super impressed with how Utah state played really across the board, but the defense has to be the, the marquee here. Um, The way that they, the way that they tackled, the way that they played in the backfield, the way that the front six, especially was, was I was, I was blown away without Holly and without Max Alford. Um, I thought that they were terrific. I thought the tackling was much improved from last season There were a few blown coverages, there were a few mistakes, but for game one under a new defensive coordinator with all of those new faces, I it was it was hard to I know Iowa's offense is what it is. It's hard to ask for a whole lot more than what Utah State got from its defense here, even without, you know, could have probably had a couple turnovers. There was a you know, two fumbles that were on the ground that Utah State didn't get, two potential interceptions that they didn't get. Missed opportunities, too many penalties, 10 for 91 yards. You had some that extended drives, some that were totally <laughs> unnecessary, like Pukesi Vacata just diving on a pile, which Blake Anderson talked about specifically in his press conference today. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, you take that stuff out, and maybe it's a different game, but you can't. You can't take that stuff out. And even with it, I thought Utah State's defense was super impressive. I, I did not think they were going to be able to play as well as they did in this game.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, let, let's let's definitely talk about this defense a little bit more because they they looked really really good. And again, outside of that one, you know, a couple mistakes, I guess, um, they didn't look outmatched. I mean, this is an Iowa Hawkeyes team that is really really good. It's a top twenty-five team in the country as it stands right now, and they they're just better. But it never looked like this Utah State defense didn't belong. Um, and in fact, I think they did a great job of of really standing their ground. Yeah. Um, I mean, let's look at let's look at the Iowa rushing. Caleb Johnson only rushed for sixty three yards and twenty one of those yards came on one rush. Yeah. So I mean that's huge. I mean again, we don't really know what this offense is gonna be, but we know who Caleb Johnson is and he's a dog. Yeah, um, to hold him to sixty three yards. Okay, yeah, sixty three yards, I mean it's it's a fair amount, but Caleb Johnson's gonna get he's gonna have a few hundred yard games this year for yeah. sure.
0: Yeah, and against Big Ten defenses against teams that have, you know, roughly equal talent level, which I don't think Utah State could really claim um, the the way that they that they covered that ground the way that they they squared that circle and made up for that with physicality and with and, you know some some scheme stuff but really just felt like they played downhill and played with a with a nasty streak that they didn't really have last year um, in, individually I was super impressed with Simeon Harris who played pretty much the whole game in the nickel um <clears throat> anthony switzer was obviously excellent in his first game for for utah state eight tackles had the one on fourth down where he just shoots right through the line and blows it up uh we mentioned ike we mentioned mj uh we didn't get to see a ton of gavin Barthiel because he went down to the what looked like a cramp but he had a sack he had the you know three tackles i thought he played pretty well guy who really impressed me two guys actually back to back bronson leave who was not expecting to play in this game, <laughs> did not did not travel to Iowa City thinking, yeah, I'm going to go in at, at, at inside linebacker. He was third string behind Gavin and behind Max. He's in the game for, I think, 40-some snaps. Two tackles for loss. He was excellent. I think he had an almost 80 PFF grade. He was one of the best players on the defense. Did not think he was going to have to play in this game. And then Bo Miley, who I didn't expect to see all that much this season. He was he was pretty low on the depth chart during the fall scrimmages, but he steps in. I think he was a starter here. He, he started in place of Halle and he was really, really good too. Really good too. I, I just a lot of guys making plays on this defense. A lot of guys even who I didn't expect to see making plays. Blaine Spires got in there. Jaden Francois played a ton. Just I, there's a lot to be excited about with this defense, especially when you consider like they didn't get much of a pass rush. You know, in Haka yeah. John Ward played a little bit, Paul Fitzgerald, those guys were okay. I think kyan Sloan was probably the best of the bunch, but they didn't get any sacks. Gavin was, Gavin's was the only sack. It was just consistent pressure, consistent penetration. They had nine TFLs. Like that's, that's an excellent, excellent start for this defense.
1: Yeah, no, that's huge. You know, and you mentioned a couple of the names that I had on my list. to talk about Gavin Barthiel, who was the second string, um, had to had step up for Max Alford, who got, I heard on that first play and then Bo Miley as well. Those two did not, I mean, I, it was hard to tell how much we were going to get out of those two, even just in terms of playing time, let alone production. And those two stepped up in this first game and played really, really well. Um, which makes me really optimistic about just how deep we are, especially as some of these defensive positions uh, And any time you can really rely on that next man up mentality. And it works. I mean, everybody likes to say it, but when it works, you win football games. And so those two really impressed me. Um, yeah. I second everything you said. I, I just want to point out one more time. I would, I mean, MJ to performance deserves more time than he's going to get just because there's so much to talk about, but yeah, 12 total tackles, eight of them solo three tackles for loss. I mean, he was all over. He looked, I mean, we talk about Ike maybe being the best player in the field. MJ to was also, it, it's probably between those two. Those two are pretty much the best player in the field. Uh, every play that they stepped on, and MJ Defezzi deserves uh, deserves some props. He's going to get props, you know, a lot if he keeps playing this way. But yeah. I just want to point out his line one more time. He was he was great.
0: Yeah, and I think you know you see every year there's a couple guys in the Mountain West who put up huge tackle numbers. You know, plus, hundred plus tackles. You, Air Force does this a lot. San Diego State does this a lot. I think MJ Tafisi is well on his way, and obviously, just just on pure pace, twelve tackles in game one is going to do that for you. He's not going to do that every week, but um, the, his his nose for the ball, his pursuit, his his physicality at the point of contact, um, he he looks every bit like a guy who played at the P5 level before coming down to Utah State. Right, this is a this is a guy who contributed at Washington. He looked at home. He looked totally at home in this game. It was not too big for him at all. I think having him healthy and in the center of this defense as it picks up this new system is critical. They they absolutely need him as a uh, both as a leader and as a player, just somebody in the middle of the defense who can make plays and I think he's totally totally comfortable with that. Um Switzer too. Honestly, Switzer too who who's playing as kind of a hybrid linebacker safety. I thought he was awesome and his his you know, he's not played in quite some time. It's been 18 months basically since he t- suffered that ACL tear last uh, last spring comes out. He looked at home too. He looked totally ready to go. Um, yeah, a, a lot of guys very impressive for me on this defense. I, I was I was concerned that the defense was not going to be fully ready to go week one because of how much they're changing. And after that that slow start, they were as good as they could have possibly been. I think.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I'm glad you mentioned mentioned Switzer as well. He was he was great. He's going to be great. Yeah. Um, and and let's let's also mention like this was not. This defense was not at full force. We did have a lot of guys that either didn't start or came out early. Max Alford came out on the first play. I don't think Halle played at all, or did he? Um...
0: I don't. Yeah, he was out. He's listed on the box score. I think it's wrong. Um, I did not. That's
1: that's exactly what I was looking at. I yeah. have him not playing, but on here he's he's listed. Um, yeah, he did not. I didn't, I didn't think he played.
0: I also so I know so on the PFF snap counts, which might just not be right, but. Javar Strong did not play uh, on, on those, and I don't remember him. See, I don't remember seeing him play. He might have played on special teams. He was listed in the participants, and I, I asked Blake about it at the press conference, and he said he played. I didn't see Javar Strong. Did you see Javar Strong?
1: I didn't.
0: Yeah, I don't I know.
1: I think I think I might. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I I would argue I would argue with Blake a lot less than I would argue with the box score, but yeah, um, he, he might I didn't see
0: him. he might have played on special teams. The snap counts for that aren't out yet. I didn't see him on defense. He's not listed with a tackle. Maybe they had the wrong number. Um, maybe they didn't have mm, him as three. Yeah. But Kyle Van Leeuwen isn't isn't credited with any tackles, so they weren't giving it to just you know the, his old number. They weren't just giving it to nine. Um, and uh, yeah, I didn't see him. So I, I'm curious to see if he has a bigger role in this upcoming game. What his role is going to be on this defense. But um, yeah, defense at shorthanded. I, I think really handled itself extremely well I really can't sing their praises enough And and I think critically you know you talk about the flow of the game a little bit that 14 point start it's followed up immediately by another three and out the offense really 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 did not start well it was not you know Iowa comes back onto the field like a minute later in game time after driving down the field 11 plays 75 yards and I think Utah State's defense very easily could have rolled over there. I think it could have been done. I think it could have just gotten you know gotten knocked out. We saw that last year in the Alabama game. We talked about coming in. and they didn't. They fought back. They made a game of it. They were physical, they were tough. I think that everything you needed to see from the defense here and more for for Utah State, um, the offense. Let's talk about the offense. Let's talk about the, the production here. Scores 14 points, gets a touchdown and a, and a two-point conversion on a great drive late. First half was not anywhere near what the second half was. I think there's a lot to talk about here. I think there's a lot to be excited about with the offense. I think there's also a lot to be just sort of not sure about yet. Where, are you, where do you want to start here with the offense? Where are you at?
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think between the three units, uh, defense, offense, special teams, um, defense who we just talked about is probably the the brightest spot yeah. on that uh, I'm the most excited about the defense. Uh we will talk about special teams in, in a little bit. Um but I think the, the offense was the unit that I'm I'm Yeah. The the mo- I don't want to say disappointed because I'm really not, but uh th- that's the the unit that I want to see make some changes the most um because it wasn't it didn't look great the first half. It definitely left a lot to be wanted, especially in that first half. It took a lot to get going. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to tell against this Iowa yeah. defense. I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm kind of flustering. You know, you can you can tell. Like it's hard to it's hard to know what to take away from this his performance against yeah. one of the, probably the best defense we're going to see. I don't know that that's, I would assume uh, <laughs> I, 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 if we, yeah. if there's a better defense in the mountain West, we are uh, that that team is going to be good. But
0: yeah, Utah um, state has bigger problems. If they're going to see Iowa against the mountain <laughs> West schedule, that is not. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I, from what I've seen, it's only week one, but I don't think there's a better defense, um, but it is, it, they, they were able to move the ball at times that second half. They were able to finally find the end zone. And that's what I was really looking for is uh, it, it was great to get that zero off the board in the second quarter, but, you really wanted to see a touchdown. They had a couple opportunities. One thing we talked about last week is you can't you, you can't afford to not capitalize on this Iowa team. Mm-hmm. And I gave the example of the three false starts in a row, and we had a almost carbon copy situation with yeah. two false starts in a row that kind of stalled out a drive. And that's just stuff you cannot afford to have. Um, but overall, I, I it's it's hard because like overall, I'm I'm pretty okay with where the offense is at. Uh, but if you look too closely what was actually happening it's uh there are definitely some some things that I'm wanting to see improve on yeah those, improve
0: on. yeah those those fourth quarter drives you get back to back drives eight plays 50 yards and then three for 70 and this that that one is the one that ends in the end zone um with a a big Rosswell phase on run and, and then a completion and then a, a touchdown pass to, to Ralph Vaughn. Um, the eight for fifty is the one that stalls out with a false start. They get down I think to the fifteen, Iowa fifteen for third and one and back to back false starts. Now it's third and eleven. Third and eleven doesn't go anywhere, fourth down doesn't go anywhere just can't have it you just can't have it in this kind of game i i I think in general the offense did a pretty good job of avoiding the huge mistakes right they had one interception and 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 cooper got took credit you know took the blame for that basically after the game for for not throwing the ball as hard as he probably should have i would agree with that i think he had Jalen royals open if if it's a better throw um and just kind of lobbed it in there and uh, xavier wampa takes it and i think made a really good play but that that happens against this kind of defense um, other than that, though, I, I think it's just it's it's finishing drives, it's finishing plays in a way that I would assume will come naturally when you aren't playing against Iowa. That 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 has been that's been my read on the offense here is that it did a lot of things that are pretty positive. It did a lot of things that can translate, and most importantly, the biggest issues it had in this game struggling to finish those drives in short yardage situations struggling with finding big plays until the fourth quarter. They got a bunch in the fourth quarter. It was, it was no problem yeah. then when Iowa was was worn down and had you know had a lead. Um, but the first three quarters there just wasn't it weren't really able to get the top off the defense. They had the one the the third third quarter completion to 12 on, which is a beautiful pass 39 yards down the seam, and probably the best throw I've ever seen Cooper make. Um, I I know his first college pass was, was <laughs> pretty good, but I, I think that, yeah, that one notable. was yeah. I think that, that one was his best like actual layering a pass, putting it uh you know, in a in a big crowd of defenders. I thought it was perfect. I thought it was a perfect throw. Um, but they, they definitely erred on the side of caution and I think that the the you know, the biggest issues in this game, the the like I said, the, the lack of big plays, all that stuff is stuff that won't necessarily translate to the other defenses that they're going to that they're going to play here and I think that that's good news cuz like you said you're not going to see Iowa every week it's not always going to be a defense this good and in general I think with a with what was obviously a pretty limited game plan a lot of screens a lot of stuff behind the line of scrimmage they did pretty well I I thought the offensive play calling was better I think that the passing attack specifically especially in the second half miles ahead of where anywhere it was last season. Miles ahead. Infinitely better. It, it, It was even just on the two or three drives where they were moving down the field, it was better. The receivers were open. They were catching the ball. Cooper was on time. He was making the right reads. He was taking care of the ball. It just felt crisper. It felt better. It felt like it was better coached. Um, and then the rushing attack with the three runners I thought was really good. I thought Rasul looked really awesome in the fourth quarter. Davon had a couple good plays. It was weird to not see Briggs all that much, but I think you can see the the bones of something here with this offense more than, you know, I, as I, I wrote in my cover story, this time last year Utah State was putting up zero against Alabama. You see a lot more coming out of this game against a better defense. A lot, a lot more on offense. and I think a lot more to build on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You, you mentioned some of this, uh, that, you know, the lack of explosive plays, that's not something that's going to translate into the coming weeks. And, you know, I heard, I, I certainly hope so. I hope that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, the truth is this, this deep or this offense that we saw, it did look sound. It looked secure. It looks, it, it executed well, but it was very conservative. It was very, even keeled. Uh, uh it, it, there weren't a lot of, a lot of highs outside of phase on and that, um, you know, fourth quarter there weren't a ton of explosive plays but there also weren't a lot of boneheaded turnovers there was a one interception I don't think we lost a fumble um, so it was really just kind of a sound conservative offense which maybe that's the game plan you don't want to open up the playbook on a non-conference game that you're probably going to lose anyway um, so maybe we, we see a little bit more we probably won't see you know we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit but we probably won't see hopefully we don't go too deep into the playbook next week uh, with Idaho State at home, yeah. we'll probably see a little bit more of what the offense is made of here in two, three, and four weeks from now. Um, but I really hope that's the truth, is that it was just kind of a sound, secure, smart, well-executed offense that didn't go for any big plays. I, I, I yeah. think that's kind of the feeling I got. It felt like they were maybe a little bit better than they were uh, able to to show during that game because, one – you're not going into the playbook, and two, you are up against probably the deep best defense, for sure the best defense you're going to play. One of the best defenses in the country.
0: Yeah, and I think if you're Utah State, if you're Blake Anderson, and he has he has basically said as much, you would rather get this from the passing attack, where may maybe a little bit too conservative, where he's he's taking care of the football and and not. You know, he he has the chance to maybe go down the field, but he's not ripping it because he doesn't want to make a mistake. I think you would prefer that in this game with the way that you approach Iowa's defense to, you know, he he throws for for 40 more yards, has one or two more big plays, but throws three interceptions. There's you you have to approach yeah. this kind of game differently because you will not be competitive if you have three turnovers against Iowa. It will not, you just don't get the ball that much. It's it's not it's not yep. realistic, and they were able to limit that. And I think that for this game, knowing that you're probably not going to be able to get a ton of big plays anyway, you're probably not going to have a ton of time in the pocket, just taking what the defense gives you. And honestly, I thought they played Iowa's game pretty well. They moved down the field a couple times. They They had some efficient plays, especially in the second half when Iowa was fatigued a bit you you see it you can see what this could be especially when they don't have to worry about the best secondary in the country I, 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 that would that's yeah. that's really where i come down on it with the offense
1: yeah i'm right there with you i mean just because you're playing a non-conference game doesn't mean you're playing with house money you're not going to go out there and, and throw hail mary passes and try to try to push push a game plan that's not there yeah. you take what you get and in this case it's a 14 to 24 loss which in my book is is kind of um i mean i don't want to say best case scenario because best case scenario you bring home a win but yeah that's uh that's pretty much where you wanted to be at this point um i know the players and the coaches want they, they don't like losing um but you also have to play the game the right way and you have to understand that Iowa is just a, a bigger faster stronger team and coming home with a win where you're not embarrassed is better than coming home with a win or, or coming home with a loss where you're not embarrassed is better than coming home with you know six picks because you're trying to do too much so yeah um you can definitely see what this team can be. You can see what they're trying to do. Uh, there's definitely a lot of reason to be excited to see what they can do in conference play, uh, especially with some of those those running backs. It could be it could be fun if they can keep this cruising. Uh, if they can be what I think they can be after week one, the offense is going to be pretty fun. And they, I mean, they were playing their game. They were fast. They were fast paced. Um, it just wasn't a game. Winning was not really in the cards. So I think that being said, they played really well on both sides of the ball. A little bit more concern on offense, but I'm not – I'm not hitting the parent button. Not yeah. even close.
0: Yeah. I, I think if you are if we're if you're talking about best case outcomes for Utah State, obviously number one is winning the game. Um they can't do any better than that. That is that is uh one of one. But if if it's a loss, I really think this is about as good as it's gonna be. I think this is about the, the best possible way for, for this to go if it's not a win, is a loss where it feels like you left something on the table, but it's not a a it's not a complete failing it's it's something that you can improve on it's workable things it's small things it's it's taking it taking better advantage of opportunities it's not that there was a structural failure it's not that you fell apart later or or something like that it's that you were a couple plays away a couple plays is workable a couple plays is something where you can come back from that game if you're Utah State very confident I think they are very confident coming out of this game um and, and and they don't you're not beaten down, right? You're not demoralized. You feel like you were competitive and you could have been even closer. That is, uh, I really don't think that they could have, if, if you asked Blake Anderson and he, he, you know gave him truth serum, he had to give the ideal answer of like, what does a what does a good loss look like for you? Because coaches don't like losses. I think it no. would be this. I think it <laughs> yeah. would be just about this for building confidence, for building belief in what the team wants to do. I think it's pretty much ideal for Utah State. I, I really, I don't know if they could have gotten a better outcome here other than just a, a win, which like you said, I don't think was in the cards.
1: Yeah. I mean, if, if you were to give Blake Anderson truth serum and ask him, Hey, what's a good loss? He probably gives the same answer that we gave last week where you don't embarrass yourself and you stay relatively healthy. And I think yeah. they did that. Uh, Max Alford did go out. Max Alford, I uh, did go out, but it sounds like um, I don't, I, I haven't seen a report, but it, it does sound like he it's not season ending. It should be, uh, he should be back soon. Have you heard differently? I, I would guess so. From
0: the sounds of it, it won't be within the next couple of weeks, but it doesn't seem to be season ending. <clears throat> he okay. did. He didn't say it was season ending. He also said probably not within the next couple of weeks or so. So, I would not be surprised okay. if it's a it's a you know into October sort of deal. Um, which is not good. You know, obviously you'd prefer to have him on the field, but outside of him, it sounded like they were mostly healthy. I think Barthiel was just a cramp. Um, yeah, it, it sounds like their sound like. Brocklin wanted to play this week, but wasn't. Uh, they just didn't think he was ready. He's day-to-day. I think probably, if I'm guessing, they won't use him against Idaho State either, just to make sure that he's fully healthy. Josh Sturzer is two weeks Holley there was not any any further info on I would guess that he's going to be soon as well he was day to day coming into the game other than that though there's not not any major not any major injuries which is a huge deal huge huge win for Utah State that they didn't have yeah. a lineman go down right they didn't have an offensive lineman go down they're they're going into Idaho State healthy they are uh, they they didn't get beaten down like they did in this in this game's parallel last season they didn't they didn't go in and, and just get demoralized and, and really beaten up I think they were up for the task and there it is that's a huge comp- confidence booster and it's also you're healthy you're still in, a, in pretty good shape Um, that's yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's a really really good outcome for Utah State
1: yeah and and you know to your point being a couple plays away from being in this game or even winning this game, which is I think where we are and where the players and coaches probably understand that they were, um, you know what? If you're, if you're a couple plays away from beating the Hawkeyes, you're probably going to win a lot of games in the mountain West. You're probably going to pick up some wins, So that's a really good place to be, I think. Um, yeah. And yeah, to come out of, come out of that game, not embarrassed and, without any new injuries and, and relatively healthy.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, For sure.
1: So yeah, that's, that's the offense do you have any, or yeah. Did you have any other notes on offense or do you want to talk special teams a little bit? No, let's talk special
0: teams a little bit. I'm going to be honest. I didn't really, I was not super impressed with the special teams here. Gives up the big kickoff return. I thought that the punt coverage was not really as good as it usually is. They didn't have any inside the 20. I said the average field position for the special teams was, was setting them up at the 22. Ios was at the 32. Um, there, you know, the kicking was pretty good. They hit two kicks. Elliot Nimrod is the long distance kicker. Just just inches one in from 45. William Testa hits one from 32. Um, but there were also, you know, and they block a punt. The block punt was good. They they got really unlucky with that still going like 37 yards. But I thought in general it was uh, the special teams was kind of. It was not as good as I was hoping it would be here for Utah State, if I'm gonna be honest.
1: So yeah, I, I totally see that. I think I lean actually the other way though. I okay. think knowing how good Iowa's special teams is, I I was really pretty pretty okay with that. Um that first kick return is not excusable. I mean, that's you're not gonna yeah. if you get in the habit of giving up those kick returns, you're not gonna win a lot of football games. I mean, that's just the way it is you got to win the field position battle and in games where you're relatively well matched. I mean, when we get to conference play and we're playing guys that we're recruiting from the same pool from those are things that are going to matter a lot more. Yeah. But I do think the blocked punt, Ike Larson almost had another, he had another one where he got in the backfield and could have blocked it, but it was, it was pulled back. It was a penalty, which, you know, we'll talk about that in a minute. I do want to talk about the penalties a little bit. Um, but overall, the you know blocking blocking a punt at Iowa, like you said, it still went 35 plus yards, which is just unfortunate. Yeah, just a bummer. When we're when we're playing guys like Washington State or uh, Colorado State, New Mexico, that's not going to happen. If you block a punt in New Mexico, it's it's a blocked punt. You know, it's gonna it's gonna go yeah. the way that a blocked punt's supposed to. Knowing how good Iowa special teams is, I I expected us to get a little bit bullied on that side. And I do see, I mean, I, I'm not going to argue with any of the concerns that you saw, yeah. but the one thing I will say is if we're getting into the backfield and getting this close to punters now, yeah, we are going to be a nightmare for punt units all year long. Yeah. And so I think that's where, maybe I'm just a little bit too excited about that, but um, I think there's some positives and some negatives for sure on the special teams. But again, knowing how good the Iowa is and has been and should be at special teams, um, it's hard to be too disappointed, but lots to work on.
0: Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, and, you know, Micah Davis, I thought, did a good job on punt return. He had two for 22 yards. That's solid. He had 12 yard long, so it wasn't just like he had one really good one. He had two good ones. Um, you hit the kicks. It really was just a couple of the plays. It was, it was the big kickoff return generally I thought the punt coverage was pretty good it's just uh you know six punts I think I think constantly put it in the right place a couple times and not getting any inside the 20 was disappointing for Utah State for sure you, you gotta I think you, you gotta get one or two of those I would guess that that will be worked on this week but when you do block a punt and you just get unlucky with the roll um that's a tough break but it is still a win and and, and uh yeah I mean Larson was was out of control on special teams. He was yeah. out into the point where he got flagged for it once, uh, jumping over the center to try and block a field goal, yeah. which you can't do. Um, but yeah. I like Can, I like his I like the idea. I guess I I like it. Yeah. I, you can't I mean, do that, but I like your uh, I like that he took initiative. I think it's that he that he is capable <laughs> yeah. that he is capable of jumping over a center and doing that is impressive enough that I'm not really mad about it. Um, yeah, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you can. There there were plays, good and bad, on on really on all three units and um, special teams included. Among that, especially against a really you know coming up against a really good Iowa unit. Um, you mentioned the special the the the, the penalties. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot going on here with the penalties. Uh, there's it's this has been a, a running thing. Blake Anderson gave a really long I thought good answer about it at his press conference. I, I tweeted that out from the Ag Ship Twitter. The yep, full. Yeah transcript um nine penalties for 90 yards i think could have been even more there was i think just a couple that were probably borderline um some really or 10 penalties for 91 yards um there were some really silly ones and then there were some ones that i think you can work with if you're utah state and that was basically what what anderson said where where are you at with these penalties
1: uh it's week one uh, yeah. i don't want to overreact i don't want to fall for the internet Twitter trap of calling this team unhinged yeah. and out of control. Uh, that I mean, there were this moments. Is, this was you can't dive there on were the pile. Moments that were <laughs> bad. Yeah, you can't dive on the pile. So the the two penalties that come to mind are yeah, diving on the pile and then Ike Larson's, and and I'll get to why. But just from a general standpoint. I'm not ready to just say this team is out of control. This is not the behavior of an out of control team. There were moments that need to be addressed. I mean, those are not, diving on the pile is not a football play. It's after the whistle. Yeah. Um, There's no excuse for after the whistle plays. They are, they look bad. They are dangerous. They get people hurt. They cost you yards. I mean, when, when you're looking at some of these plays, when, when you are saying, oh, it's, it costs the team and that's like your third priority because it's, it's putting people in danger. That's a huge problem in yeah. my book. Yeah. Um, I think when you get flagged, the the worst thing better be the yards. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's if you're put if you're out there putting people in danger, there's just no excuse for that. The only concern I want to have when I see yellow on the on the field is the yards. I don't want to have to worry if if we're out here, um, yeah, playing playing the wrong type of football and getting people hurt. So there, a couple of those were just were just not excusable. And then the th- so the thing that's frustrating about diving on the pile was it was a it extended the drive it was yeah. a third we just got a third down stop right yeah um, it extends the drive and the frustrating thing about Ike Larson's is it does the exact opposite where we there was it a punt or a field goal we get back there and we give him the ball back yeah so situationally I think a couple of those were particularly costly I'm not, like I said I'm not quite ready to say this team's out of control but one you got to clean up the the dangerous that after the whistle hits and stuff like that and you also have to be a lot more careful situationally when you have a team beat when you stop a team like Iowa on third down stop the team on third down don't give a team extra yeah. downs of football you're gonna lose if you give a team extra downs yeah um and on and you know the other way when you're when they're settling for a field goal give them three don't give them six don't don't let them in the end zone so those two situationally were really frustrating. Um, Ike Larson, as much as we we love him, nobody's perfect.
0: It's not a great decision.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> that was that was that was again. You know, anybody. You know, it's great that he can. Like, okay, cool. You can jump over a dude. Uh, we know that, bro. Like we know you can jump. Yeah. Um, he's got to be smarter than that, and he is smarter than that. I expect more from Ike. Um, he's got to be better than that. I would be shocked if Ike does that again. Yeah. Because that is that's the way he plays. Is he he only makes a mistake once. Um, but yeah, th- those are those are penalties you just can't have situationally.
0: Yeah, for sure and there's, you know, I, I, there was the other one that, that Anderson mentioned and really laid into him. Josh Williams uh, got, got called for an unnecessary roughness after a kickoff uh, return, I think. He was on the kickoff return team and I think slapped somebody on the field. And Blake was, um, I mean, he really didn't hold back. I would recommend going to, to read the quote but was saying, you know, he's not going to be on the field for a while. Um, right. Right. And, exactly. Uh, yeah. When you're, I forgot about, I forgot about that one. Yeah. But that, when, when you're a young player, right. especially, and you haven't really done a whole lot, you just can't do that. You just can't do that. And, and um, <clears throat> you know, extending the drives is, is bad and, you can't have that either, but just, you know, the 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 ones that aren't... This is what Anderson said. The ones that aren't competitive are the ones that frustrate you, the ones where you're diving on the pile, the ones where you're carrying on after the play, where you are, you are doing something that was not necessary, that didn't have any possible benefit to the team. You're just doing it because of, you know, you didn't think. You, you're frustrated or, or whatever. Um, then you have other penalties, right, where you have, like, there was a... Um, there was a face mask on Jaden Francois that, that extended. I don't know if it extended a drive, but it extended a play. Um, yeah, it, it extended a, a two yard, a two yard run to uh, to 17 yards with a 15 yard penalty. Um, yeah. You have Switzer getting called for a. He, was, he hit a, a tight end below the below the waist, uh, trying to trying to blow up a run. Those. You you know you don't want them you don't want those penalties but you understand it they're making they're trying to make a play you know they're 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 playing at the at the edge of a penalty you have to play with intensity you have to play with energy it's not the end of the world it's it's a teaching point you get it it happens it's yeah. football it's intense these guys are young they're they're gonna make mistakes sometimes but you can't the mistake can't be that the play is over and you're doing a wrestling move trying to jump in on the guy who had the ball you just can't <laughs> you just can't do it you can't do it and. I think that that is that was really Utah State's you know lesson here, and I, I do think that there is uh, maybe a little bit in, in this case the 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 selfish penalties, the unnecessary penalties. I think the frustration is totally warranted. But with some of these, like they're not gonna, it's never gonna be that they don't have any penalties. They're gonna have penalties. This is a team that has to play with that yeah. sort of edge to be successful. It's what they do. Um, that's what they've always done. I think that that the. You know, it's it's really frustrating. I, I get it when it extends a drive and and the the jumping over for the field goal, especially like Utah State still they still held there. They still managed to force a field goal as the end of the half. But yeah, that yeah. could be that is a, a totally unnecessary possible swing. You just can't have it. You cannot give them another chance. And credit to the defense for responding and forcing another field goal. But you think about how easily that could go differently. That that they you know you get a stop, you force a kick, and then do that for no for no real benefit you're not going to if you block the kick they're not going to not call it um you just you just can't have those (laughs) but with the competitive ones i think it is something that utah state fans honestly might need to just at some point kind of accept that like yeah there's going to be a face mask every now and then they're they're playing really hard and you would I, i think that you think about what the alternative is You'd prefer this. You'd rather that they're playing hard and sometimes going a little bit too too far than they're playing passively. They're not tackling. They're not chasing the ball the right way. You have to live with it sometimes. They don't have Iowa's level yeah. of talent. It's just what it is. It's it's just you know, it's it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a
1: fact. Yeah, exactly. I, I think like I said, the, the thing I'm most disappointed in is those those non-football penalties that after the whistle. Um, so there's those, that category, and then the category of just situational awareness. Ike has to no. know. Hey, a blocked field goal would be awesome, but does that risk reward? You know, you got to do a quick risk reward analysis in your head. If I screw this up, they get a fresh set that can turn into six, you know, that can turn into six or seven very, very easily. Is it worth it? Absolutely not. And I think if you were to ask him now, he probably tells you, no, it's not worth it. I don't, I don't, I'm not doing that again. Um, And so situational awareness, like you said, luckily the defense bailed him out and we still held him to three right there. Uh, But those are the ones that are frustrating you know what? A 15 yard face mask penalty it sucks that it's 15 yards, it's 15 yards for a reason. It can be extremely dangerous to grab a guy's face mask. Yeah. But most of the time, it's inadvertent.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, you're,
1: you're going in for a hard tackle, you grab his face mask. Yeah. I, I, I don't think we should tie intent to these penalties. Like, I don't think it should not be a penalty if you're not trying to grab the face mask. Like, yeah. it's still a penalty, but it wasn't a dirty play. I like hard plays, I don't like dirty plays. Um, same with tackling, uh, t- too low. I don't like when guys go at the knees, but I, you know, when you're trying yeah. to tackle a tight end that can, yeah, th- that's this size and can move like this, you you tackle weird. Like yeah. it's not it's not yeah. a normal a- tackle. So Anthony okay Switzer is yeah.
0: Anthony S- Switzer is six feet tall. He's got to do something. He's, he's
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he it's, got to stop the play. Yeah, I wish he wasn't. I wish he could have done it a little. I mean, we're talking about a matter of, of inches and you know just a couple degrees yeah. on on the it's, angle that he takes. I don't. I don't think those two plays were dirty. I do think some of the stuff after the whistle. Yeah. You call dirty. You can call unsportsmanlike. These were just. You know what? They got the best of you. And as you were tackling him, you went too low. Or as you were tackling him, your hand slipped from the jersey to the face mask. It happens every game. That stuff doesn't concern me until we see a lot of it, which we didn't. Uh, The other penalties are are very aggravating, and so I see the frustration, but. I'm yeah. not buying it across the
0: board. Yeah, hands to the face same thing like you're you're trying to pass you're trying to rush the passer you're trying to get in there tra- past a tackle your hand slips up. It happens. You're 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 being competitive, you're fighting, you're you're trying to you're trying to make a play it 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 happens it's part of football same with the face right. mask like you're chasing it's it's they're moving really fast they're moving a lot faster than you realize <laughs>
1: yeah yeah <laughs> it, they slow it they put it in slow mo on tv and it's really yeah. Easy. it, it like, looks like, so bad screaming yeah. you know yell at the screen what are you doing but yeah they move in full speed when they're on the field football so is really, football is really, really hard bottom. yeah football is really hard <laughs> right. and the
0: other guy is also you know acting on the play and and doing things yeah and, it's uh it's a teaching point it's absolutely it's a teaching point about hand placement and all that stuff it's something you can learn from and the other stuff you can learn from too but it's it's less pleasant for sure (laughs) and i think that's uh that's that's what i yeah that's where i come down on it with the penalties it's you're gonna have to have some of them because if you don't then you're probably not trying hard enough and in this kind of game you're gonna get bowled over if you do that you you have to be able to stand up for yourself as a as a team. And I think Utah state knows that it it has to, it has to be able to walk that line. Um, Yeah.
1: Parker, you have anything else? That that being said, Oh, sorry. You know, I was gonna say like that being said, you know what? Like I get that those plays happen, but 90 yards is still a lot of yards to give a team like Iowa. So um, there there is an element of, Hey, penalties happen, but can they happen less? And if so, how do we make that happen? So I'm not quite sure after just one game of playing a team that's quite frankly, like I've said, bigger, faster, stronger than us. Yeah, it's hard to tell how much of that was just hard nosed football and honest football, how much of it was lack of discipline. We'll find out next week and in the coming weeks. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the other side of that is you can't give you can't just gift every team you play 90 yards. So, no. um, there will be that's another situation to monitor. That's yep. that's how I'd put it.
0: <laughs> yep, yep, for sure. Well, that's I think that's all I have on this. Uh, Iowa 24 Utah State 14 the Aggies will return to play on Saturday against Idaho State Parker you have anything else before we get out of here
1: no I'm optimistic I'm really excited Um, I don't want to get too ahead of myself but this looks like a team that should have a winning record here in the next few weeks that's all I will say about uh, going forward because we will have another podcast previewing the Idaho State game Um, but spoiler alert I think this is a winning football team I'm really excited about this team so I'm I'm stoked to be back on the mic later this week to talk about the Bengals.
0: Yep. We will uh we will talk to you guys on probably Thursday. Yeah, probably Thursday. So we'll see you all then.